All right, I think I'm live. So uh, I hope everybody out there can see me now. Let's see, it's 6.30 p.m. Thursday, November 21st, 2019. I hope everybody's having a great day. I certainly am. I am broadcasting live from St. Louis, Missouri, with this video being piped into Sermon Audio, YouTube, and Facebook. And I want to say thanks to everybody who's out there listening. I know we've got a lot of people in the chat room. I, I think I saw Fran and Daryl. I think we saw Renat. And I did talk to a good sister, Raina, tonight. She is hopefully watching at her home in Arkansas as well. All right. So uh, anyway, I recently upgraded my Mac to the latest operating system, Catalina, and OBS, which is the software that I use to live stream. Well, it's not playing very well with it right now. All right. So I had to make some changes to get it to work. So if you notice any problems, please do let me know. Additionally, the software has crashed on me once already. So if I disappear, please do be patient with me. I will try to return as soon as possible and finish the podcast. All right? So thank you. Last week's podcast was about primary and secondary issues and how we should judge things by the gospel. Most importantly, the doctrine that we hold to, or we claim, we claim. All right, and we can determine the importance of a doctrine by judging it by the gospel. A secondary issue only becomes primary when it affects the gospel message in a negative way. And this message seems to have resonated with folks. Okay, I, I received a few emails and messages on it, and I also see it's climbing the charts on Sermon Audio. So that's always encouraging uh, to me. But So maybe I'll do another podcast on it. Uh, maybe we'll uh, revisit the topic again in the future. Uh, my, my good Russian brother, uh, Renat Ilyasov, also messaged me this morning. And he said he will be podcasting on YouTube about the subject as well. A, a complimentarian message, so to speak. So I'm really looking forward to that. Anyway, I'm really getting ready for Thanksgiving here. I'm, we're getting ready. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I just can't believe it's that time of year. I know I know Fran's up there in Canada. She's got a different thing. They got Canadian Thanksgiving. They do things a little differently than we do here in, in uh, the United States. Uh, so we, have, we usually have Thanksgiving here in November. And, uh, but really, we all know this as believers that every day is really one of Thanksgiving. So, so that leads me to another announcement. Uh, there will not be a podcast next Thursday. All right. So I, I'm sorry to disappoint you if you're looking forward to that, but I think I'm just going to relax and take it easy. Enjoy spending some time with my natural family on Thanksgiving. After all, it is Thanksgiving, so there's not a lot that's going on. So I uh, I hope that you do get to enjoy your family. And if you don't have any family to be with, uh, just let me know, and I'll give you a call, and I'll hang out with you a little bit on the phone, all right? So I do plan on 
resuming my podcasting the first week in December. Okay? And let's go ahead and get straight to the message. Okay, I don't think this message is going to be all that long, but we'll see where this goes. Okay, so the title of my message today is, How is your piety? Alright, have you ever been asked that question? <laughs> How is your piety? Well, I was. Yeah, I was once asked that question. I was asked it by a former pastor of mine shortly after I came to believe the gospel of uh, free and sovereign grace and we were new to the church and he and his wife were over at our house as they come over for some barbecue and some fellowship and I had just been I just finished flipping some hamburgers and we were talking and he flat out asked me how's your piety Brandon he came right out and asked me that question right in front of my wife Angie and in front of his wife and uh, I didn't know how to answer that question I was I was a new believer so at the time I guess he was just checking to see if I was praying and doing Bible study on my own so I stupidly said uh, yeah it's pretty good and uh, oh, I just want to go back and talk to that old brain uh, <laughs> I uh, that was not the right answer. Pretty good. I can't believe I said that. What what kind of I, I'm I, I was a big old dummy. I'm a big dummy, alright? I still am, but boy, I was a big dummy at that very moment. Uh, my wife actually uh remembered it very clearly. It said a uh it, it, there was an impression that was made upon her. And she didn't remember it like I did. It wasn't if it wasn't for her reminding me of this, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you the story. She's the one that brought it up to my memory about a year or two ago. Anyway, the truth is when he asked when I answered that question, I was lying. My so called piety stunk and it still does. But in reform circles, piety is a very big thing. Thing, apparently all right people love to look to their works and the things that they do so much so that they actually have the nerve to bring up a question like how is your piety to other people and to my shame I lied when I was asked that question oh my good the sins I've committed the sins I've struggled with the sins I still struggle with I am anything but a pious man, all right? And I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate. Anyway, I was new to a lot of things, and this church was steeped in Reformed Baptist tradition. There was a lot of emphasis on works and doing that which is good and lawful. And as a, of course, as a believer today, we really should strive to do that which is right, That's what is, that which is good. But as a young believer in the gospel, I wanted to do that which was good, but I was constantly falling short. And it was a very frustrating experience for me. And indeed, it still is for me today. Very much so. Okay? It's something that I struggle with every day in my flesh. That which I want to do, I cannot, 
at least not to the satisfaction that I desire. And I'm sure this is true for every believer in the gospel. And if you're listening and you believe the gospel, it's probably true for you as well. All right. And the Apostle Paul said this very same thing in the book of Romans. And he wrote it as an apostle, as a believer, not as a unregenerate regenerate Pharisee, as some people would claim. And what I'm talking about is the famous passage of Romans 7. All right? Romans 7, starting in verse 14. Okay, so if you'd like to turn with me there in your Bible, go ahead and turn to Romans 7. I'm going to start reading in verse 14. Or... You can just listen as I read the passage to you. <laughs> All right, if you just want to relax, you can do that. It doesn't bother me. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and read this. And just, remi- just remember that I believe that this is the Apostle Paul writing about his life as a believer, as an apostle. All right. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin, for that which I do I allow not for what I would that I do not, that do I not, but what I hate that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more that I, no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which I that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Can you relate to what the Apostle Paul wrote about here? I do. I do. And it's so comforting to me to know that God's chosen messenger to the Gentiles, to all of us, he considered himself the chief of sinners. To think that he could not stop from sinning, that there was a struggle in him, and yet he spoke with all the confidence in the world of his salvation. He, his confidence was in Christ. And he knew Christ. And he had assurance that his sins were forgiven. Yet the struggle continued on. And he would not tell you he was a pious man. If you were to ask Paul how his piety was, his response would be that he is the chief of sinners. That within him dwells no good thing. He'd probably laugh at you if you asked him such a question. So why in the world would anybody ask such a stupid question? Dare I say stupid. 
Maybe because they don't know the truth. All right. So let me go back to my story about this pious pastor I used to have. I'm going to call him Mr. Piety, old Mr. Piety. And boy, did he love piety. He really loved to talk about it. All the things we should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And we'd get together every Sunday and his sermons seemed to consist primarily of the works of the law. Oh yeah, he'd, uh, he'd give lip service to, to grace and faith alone. But that's all he would do is just give lip service. And, and when he did, I rejoiced. All right, that's what I needed to hear. You know, that's what I wanted to hear. All right, that's what we as believers, we love to hear about the story of grace and faith. It's what brings joy to us. All right? But his preaching of grace and faith was mixed with preaching of the law and how we need to be good examples and how we should let our, shine, our light shine before all men. And this was almost always the focus of his preaching. His idea of shining light was doing good works. His idea of piety was doing good works. And boy, did this guy, Mr. Piety, he really could do good works. All right? He gave to the poor. He opened his home to people. He preached out of the Bible every week. He was a pastor. He had a ton of good works. Even his, even his works had good works, as I've heard some people say. Okay, I think I heard that from my brother Ray Johnson, talking about some of the people he knew in his uh, in his in his life. All right, so Mr. Piety, he my pastor, Mr. Piety, and this is just his given name that I'm giving him to protect his uh, identity. He was also friends at the time with a a a preacher that's really quite popular today. All right, and we're going to call this guy, this this preacher fr friend of his, we're going to call him Mr. Cleaner, all right, because I don't want to use his real name on this podcast. And this guy, this Mr. Cleaner, well, he wasn't nearly as famous as, as he is today, okay? If you want to know who this Mr. Cleaner was, uh, feel free to message me, but he is a pretty, pretty famous guy. And, oh, Boy, is he famous. He is a very famous guy. He travels all over and preaches in many conferences and is quite renowned for preaching what is considered by many to be a good God-honoring message. Mr. Cleaner has been known to shock quite a few crowds with this shockingly cleaner message that you sometimes don't hear coming out of preachers in free wooler circles. All right? Because he's a Reformed Baptist. Alright. So, let's just say Mr. Cleaner preached, and still preaches, works assurance. That the only way to know you are saved is if you read your Bible daily, pray constantly, and not watch that filthy TV. Okay, and at the time his, his pet peeve was TV, because internet video didn't exist at the time. <laughs> well, it did just not... It wasn't very popular. This was the early 2000s, maybe 2002. All right. So, Mr. Piety told me I should go listen to this Mr. Cleaner. He was going to be visiting a church, church near us, and uh, he, he supposedly had a really good message that I should listen to. So, Mr. Piety told me. 
So I went and I and I listened very closely to what Mr. Cleaner preached. I, lis I listened to his pious message. And uh, Mr. Cleaner, oh, Mr. Cleaner scared me to death. I thought, oh, no, I am a terrible example of Christianity. <laughs> My One of the things I struggle with is bad drivers on the road, all right? And I still struggle with that today. When people cut me off or drive stupidly, I... Uh, there sometimes something just wells up in me all right okay it's something i'm troubled with it's one of my own personal struggles okay i yell at them sometimes all right or i did every now and then i've been known to yell at somebody <laughs> but uh my wife gives me a hard time about that and she's right i shouldn't be doing that but you know i'd, I'd uh yell at others on the road and uh I didn't pray like I should. I wasn't reading my Bible all the time. Oh my goodness. I thought to myself, I'm, I'm the worst. Uh, and the worst thing that I did, according to Mr. Cleaner, was I watched TV. And I watched filthy things like football. And terrible movies that aren't God-honoring at all. And I listened to country music and, and pop music and... Oh my goodness, I was just filling my head with all this filth. I'm such a terrible Christian. I'm such a terrible husband, too. Look at me. I'm here with Mr. Cleaner listening to his piety, his pious message. Oh, and my wife. I've, left, I've let her down so badly. I've let her down such a bad path. Letting her think it's okay to watch TV and call, call herself a Christian, you know? <laughs> I was, I was not living a pious life, and I've led my not-so-pious wife down a not-so-pious road. I, Mr. Cleaner was telling me that I would be held to account for my lack of piety and the lack of my wife's piety. She wasn't going to be held responsible for her lack of piety. I was. Yeah. Anyway, so I was just blown away by Mr. Cleaner. He really got to me, and uh, I was burdened because, oh my goodness, I was just living up to a terrible, I was living a terrible life of TV, and uh, it, was just a, it was just a hard time for me. Anyway, so he really touched a nerve with me, and I thought about it when I left the church. I thought about it on the way home in the car, and when I got home, I walked in the door, and you wouldn't believe what I came home to. Oh. My wife, Angie, my, my dear wife, my lovely Angie, was sitting there in front of her little TV set. It was a little 13-inch tube set. You don't see those anymore because everybody's got these black, big, flat-screen TVs. She was sitting in front of her little TV set watching some silly sitcom on TV. And, oh boy, did it bother me. I just listened to Mr. Cleaner. <laughs> and I told her, I said, you know, you really shouldn't be watching that. If you call yourself a Christian, you'd act like it. And she looked at me, and she laughed at me, and she said, you got to be kidding me. I said, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. Turn it off. Well, she told me I was crazy, which I was, and uh, she just kept on watching. <laughs> well, I was in a stupid state of piety at the time, so 
I said to myself that I needed to be a good husband, the good example, and make her submit to me. All right? These Reformed Baptists, they really like to talk about making the wife submit. All right? So I was going to make her submit to me because that's what a pious husband would do. Or so I thought. <laughs> so I walked up to the TV and I unplugged it. And then picked it up and ran off. Because she plugged it back in and started watching again. So I unplugged it again and ran off with it. And uh, the, let's just say the rest of the, uh, the argument was not pretty. It was a very bad disagreement. Okay? And that's what my piety had led to. A very sad state of affairs. But thankfully, we can joke about it today. My wife and I, we, we talk about the TV incident quite a bit. It's probably the biggest, maybe one of the biggest fights of our life. All right? Okay, and I've been married since, uh, let's see, I've been married uh, since 1998. So that's 21 years. And I, we dated for six years before that. I've been with her for 26 years. And that was our biggest fight, I think, over the TV. It was bad. Really bad. Alright. It took a long time to recover from that event. I really messed, messed things up. But uh, And I can look back and kind of chuckle on it with her, but, you know, I really shouldn't. It's not something that really is all that funny. Because when you think about it, there are lots of people that were scattered all over these churches and still are, they're, they're scattered and they're carrying around with them a terrible burden, a burden of piety, thinking if they don't do this or don't do that, then they aren't a believer. They're, they have no assurance because they're looking to their works and they're just, they're, because they've heard from the likes of Mr. Cleaner and been told that they don't measure up. Yeah. All right. But remember what Paul said? He said we would never, he would never be free from the power or presence of sin in him. At least, not while we're still living in this in this world, and we and we and we never will be free. Not not until we leave this sinful world. It will continue to have power and influence over our lives. We will continue to conduct ourselves in a manner that, if we were to look to our conduct for assurance, we would be miserable. All right. And so it wasn't until I further grew in grace and knowledge of the gospel did I realize that I can never find any assurance in my character or conduct. Thankfully, the Lord graciously revealed that truth to me shortly after that. All right? That I, I found out that there was no way I was going to become more sanctified or more set apart in this world. All right? And because of this, I now run constantly to the merits of Christ for all of my comfort and assurance. You know, there is a lot of bad stuff on TV. And a lot of stuff we should try to avoid. So much of what is on TV is anti-gospel. Alright, it is stuff we should avoid. But avoiding it is not going to help your assurance one bit. You can look at your life and realize that nearly everything you do is sinful, it seems. You can run from sin... But you just can't stop sinning. Alright? So, if you believe, or if you don't believe, run to Christ and rest in Him. The uh, There was an early 19th century 
Baptist preacher named William Gadsby, and he preached against the likes of my pastor, Mr. Piety, and and the famous Mr. Cleaner, uh, about a long, long time ago. And about a year ago, I found a sermon of his while scanning through his his works, his, his fragments of works, because his completed works do not exist in, in any form. They were lost somehow over the years, and uh, I just love this little snippet this little uh, snippet that I found, this little sermon, and I turned it into a little bulletin article. I put it on pristinegrace.org, and then I sent it over to Jim Bird, and he even published it in the 13th Street Bulletin. So if you don't mind, I'd kind of like to read it to you, and I think you might enjoy it. So uh, if you already read or heard this before, please forgive me for repeating it, because I, but I think this is going to be new to some folks that are listening. All right? So I'm going to, I'm going to start here. Some talk of piety. Piety, piety, piety. Were it not that it, that it does once occur in the word of God, I should hate the very word. People make so much of it, as though piety were to save them. Their parents were pious. They were brought up pious. And they have continued pious. But even where the word does occur in the New Testament, 1 Timothy 5.4, it simply means kindness, as the margin has it. Let them show kindness at home. The word has nothing to do with salvation. True religion humbles a sinner. Angels assemble together in the court of heaven and rejoice over broken-hearted sinners. Oh, then, to rely upon Christ, to plead his love and blood, and to lean upon him and upon him alone and not upon your own repentance. This is the effect of grace. It is said of some kind of stones that they will not break until they have been steeped for a certain length of time in goat's blood. This may be so, but whether or not it is so with your adamantine or unbreakable hearts, nothing will break them but being steeped in, the, in blood, the blood of the scapegoat of the wilderness. What a lovely commentary on piety by Brother Gatsby. That type of preaching, this type of preaching certainly stands in contrast from the type of preaching you hear today, from the likes of people like Mr. Cleaner. And that's what our preaching ought to be like today. We need to be preachers of the gospel, not talking about looking to our works for assurance. That's not the gospel, that is bad news. And it is so deceptive for people because they, they are deceived into a false uh, assurance. Okay? Some people think they're pr doing pretty good. Mr. Pied himself was looking at his good works and finding pleasure in them. And good enough that he felt confident to ask others how their piety was, to ask me how my piety was. Mr. Cleaner apparently feels good enough about his works and he can devote sermon after sermon about looking to works for assurance. I don't know what's going through his mind, but I think he may very well be feeling very confident about his performance. But not me. I don't feel good about my performance. No siree. If I were to look to my works, I would tremble. And probably have a nervous reaction. In fact, I did many years ago. 
and if Mr. Piety and Mr. Cleaner were ever granted the ability to see who they truly are, they would tremble too. Alright? They wouldn't be preaching about piety, I can tell you that. So, how was your piety? I would hope that you wouldn't answer that question like I did. I'd love to go back in time. I'd love to get a time machine and go back to 2002 or 2003 whenever you asked me that question and say, how was your, and, and, and answer the question, how was your piety, Brandon? The correct answer is, not very good, Mr. Piety. Not very good. How was yours? And uh, that's all I have for today. Okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for your encouragement. I hope all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I will be podcasting again on Thursday, December 5th at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. All right. So, gospel blessings to you. Grace and peace. And see you next time. Thanks so much.